really organically, really like spontaneously. It's not just going in there and making a noise, folks. <laughs> the Classic Rock Files with Kelly Parker and Mike Young. Hi, Mike. Oh, hi, Kelly. Okay, so it was the big auction over the weekend. A couple of huge items went. This is the annual music auction for charity. Last year, it was all of David Gilmore's guitars. This year, I guess the star item was Kurt Cobain's guitar from Nirvana's iconic MTV Unplugged episode, and it sold for a record-setting $6,010,000. And we recall back to when we first brought up this auction about a month or so ago. Uh, this guitar was used for his MTV Unplugged episode. It came with the original case, some strings and guitar picks, everything that Kurt had put in that case, mm -hmm. it came with. And they had said at the time that it was expected to fetch over a million dollars. Obviously shattered that and expectations to pieces. But the thing about this guitar is that it was entangled in this legal dispute for years between Francis Bean's ex-husband and her and Courtney Love. Yeah. She had given it to him, or at least he had claimed that she had given it to him for a wedding present. Mm -hmm. And uh, they had asked for it back when the relationship obviously went sour. He declined. And person who was auctioning off this guitar was anonymous. And people had thought, well, it's probably her ex-husband that's doing this. Sure. And I had surmised that maybe they could get some money together and bid on this <laughs> themselves. I don't know if they did, but clearly yeah. they were outbid by Mr. Peter Friedman, who is the founder of Rode Microphones. He's got money. Microphone money. I would think that, I mean, this thing had to be free of any lawsuits because you know that uh, there has been a lawsuit in the past with uh, Courtney and Francis Bean suing the ex-husband for ownership of this guitar. It would be held up if that were still in question. So yeah, that lawsuit either must have been dropped or it must be settled somehow. There were two lawsuits and the most recent one had the judge settling with the husband because of, we had talked, it, this is a deep rabbit hole, but yeah. Courtney Love had talked to some guy and then he had threatened his life remember and said that uh, you would make his kids orphans or something like that and so the guy yeah. the judge d d you know sided with the ex-husband yeah uh thanks to courtney loves meddling i guess wow i don't know so i don't know you, you mentioned this as a charity auction uh it would be hard pressed for me to believe that this guitar was just donated out of the goodness of his heart. Like, there had to be some kind of purchase involved of the instrument to begin with, and then it was auctioned off. Well, maybe... Uh, Especially with this legal battle, like, if you're yeah. just going to give it away, why wouldn't you just give it back to... Unless he gets just a monstrous tax uh, write-off, right? A tax receipt as a charitable donation for millions of dollars. But it is amazing how much value uh, an iconic performance and an iconic person brings to an instrument mm -hmm. that mtv unplugged performance so iconic obviously nirvana's most iconic performance mm -hmm. i think and kurt cobain you know died way too young uh, the, the the leader of the grunge movement yeah and then on the other side of the coin you have someone like prince an icon in his own right Exactly, and, and that's why this is a little bit surprising. And uh, this auction was two days. That yep. Kurt Cobain's guitar sold on Saturday, but on Friday, Prince's Blue Angel Cloud II guitar, which was used between 1984 and 1993, guitar that everyone who's seen Prince perform yeah. has seen this guitar. They know what it looks like. Just me saying Blue Angel Cloud II doesn't mean a lot, but you've seen this guitar. Yeah, and that's why I would think that... I mean, as huge as, as uh, Kurt was and Nirvana was and the things that you mentioned, yes, but I'm really surprised uh, that Prince, especially since he is dead, it's not like David Gilmore auctioning off his collection, this only went for $563,000 versus over $6 million for Kurt's guitar. You think everyone was like wanting to 
save their money for the Kurt guitar, so they didn't want to bid on the Prince guitar. I don't the know. Next day. It just seems really weird to me. This guitar was taken on the Purple Rain Parade, Sign of the Times, Love Sexy, Diamonds and Pearls Tour. He used it to play Electric Chair during the Saturday Night Live 15th Anniversary Special in 1989, brought it out on the 1991 MTV Video Music Awards performance of Get Off, held it on the cover of Spin Magazine in September of 91. You've seen this guitar. Yes. It's an iconic instrument, and Prince, iconic, yeah, deceased, mm-hmm. super cool. But yep. maybe because Prince had so many guitars, $563,000 for a guitar is an insane amount of money. Let's not be crazy, but just it happened to be on the same weekend as this Kurt Cobain guitar. Except with the expense of guitars now, you can easily pay for a Strat from the 50s or a Les Paul from the 50s. It doesn't even have to have a provenance attached to an artist. And you can easily pay a quarter or a half million dollars for those just in a store. So you're saying we blew it here. We should have pooled our resources. Yeah. Bought the guitar. If only we had $564,000, we could have got this thing. Right. That's a very odd thing to me that that one, especially as compared to the uh, the Kurt one, which set a new record, only 563. Maybe it'll be auctioned off by this owner. Next year or two years down the road, maybe that'll go for the huge money, but that's definitely an anomaly. I want to touch back on the Kurt Cobain guitar for a second. Uh, the guy who bought it is actually planning to do a worldwide exhibition tour with it. Okay. So y- you might have the chance to see it up close and personal. Uh, he is going to donate all the proceeds to local performing arts organizations in whatever city he goes to. So maybe somewhere in your travels in the future, uh, you'll be able to see that guitar. Good for him. I don't need to see that guitar. Would love to see Cloud 2. The well, Prince one. Cloud 2, it's undetermined whether or not you'll yeah, be able to see exactly. it. Okay, so Saturday night, several of music's biggest names got together virtually to support a cultural institution. They held their Round Midnight Preserves live stream benefit to raise funds for the Preservation Hall Foundation. Have you uh, ever been to the Preservation Hall? Haven't made it to New Orleans yet. It's on the list. I went about, I guess, six years ago. I uh, was in town for wrestling, and uh, we decided to go to see the Preservation Hall Jazz Band one night. Sure. Gotta. Super, super cool venue. Mm-hmm. It's so small. Smaller than the room we're currently recording in, yeah. which is not big. There is one row, I think, of seats, or maybe no seats for the audience to sit in, and it's literally just the band is in front of you. There's a, probably about a 10-foot gap between the band and the first row of people, mm-hmm. and then it's literally standing room only, and you can maybe get like five rows of people deep. Yeah, it's not a place that can exist now, based on social social distancing. And it used to be a storefront, like it's the yeah. size of a small storefront. And the people that have popped in to play at this place over the years, uh, I, I again, I just saw the jazz band, but it's crazy that you could see anyone in a venue that small. It's you, people have bedrooms that are listening to this right now that are bigger than yeah. Preservation Hall and a super cool institution. It's a donation to get in. Like, yeah. it's not like something they charge you to see, which they could because tourists line up for this thing. You just got to get there earlier in the afternoon, stand in line. And mm-hmm. like I said, they can only let a certain number of people in. Well, I remember when the Foo Fighters a few years ago did that series of shows where they would uh, go into a, a city and they would explore the history of the music in that city. And then based on what they saw in that city, I can't remember what the series was called, but a great series, they would write a song. Sound City. Sound City. And they would write a song and record it based on the adventures they had in that city uh, on that on that visit. And one of them was in New Orleans, and they recorded in Preservation Hall. So that's where you might have seen it. Well, funny you mentioned the Foo Fighters. Dave Grohl was involved in uh, kind of the headlining performance of this live stream. Uh, Irma Thomas, Dave Matthews, Jim James from My Morning Jacket, Nathaniel Rateliff, uh, members of his band The Night Sweats. And the, the marquee name on this thing was Paul McCartney, mm-hmm. uh, helping to raise money. But when, do you think Paul McCartney... 
Did he play uh, bass? He did not play a did bass Did he play guitar. drums? He did not play drums. Piano? He did not play piano. Guitar? He didn't play guitar either. Huh. And he didn't even sing. So why was Paul McCartney there? You'd think, well, hand claps maybe? No. Tambourine? They performed the song when the Saints go marching in. Obviously an important song to New Orleans. Sure. Played the trumpet, the lead instrument on the song, and Paul McCartney said, you know what? Now I'm going to showcase my trumpeting ability. Oh, my God. That guy's a freak. Did he at least screw up? I mean, I it, it wasn't the greatest trumpet playing I've ever heard, <laughs> but certainly good enough for this performance. I thought it was just cool to see Paul uh, performing. So you can check that out. Just search the Preservation Hall live stream, and you'll be able to find that video. You know what? It makes me feel just a little bit better that maybe he wasn't a great trumpet player because he's great at everything else. And finally here, uh, because calendars don't matter anymore, course father's day on the calendar yesterday but maybe you're celebrating it next month or in a couple of weeks well here's a gift idea grateful dead deodorant body care company north coast organics they've created the official grateful dead line of organic deodorant so you can smell like a deadhead i guess I don't know if this is ironic or not. Everyone pointing out the fact that Alanis Morissette's ironic isn't really ironic has kind of confused me as to what is and what is not ironic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but this might be the greatest cross-marketing merch that a band has lent their name to. At least based on the deadhead reputation yeah, in popular idea. culture. You either think tie-dye shirts, yeah. free living, yep. you know, or... Smoking some weed. That's yeah. what you think of when you think of a deadhead. Sure. And, so, uh, And there's several flavors of this, uh, and it's edible. That's yes. the thing about this. And they're all kind of uh, loaded with Grateful Dead references. Sure. Skull but, and roses. Yeah, but the thing you mentioned, like oh. uh, of, the, of the smells, what would you think maybe one of the iconic smells of the dead or deadheads would be? Obviously that, marijuana smoke. Sure, right? Yeah. That's got to be one of the scents. I don't know if that's something that would be a nice scent to carry around with you all day. Like you were just smoking before he came into work. Exactly. No, no, it's just my deodorant. Yeah. I'm supporting the Grateful Dead. A likely story. So there's lavender and rose, which is being called skull and roses. Sure. Sunshine, blood orange, and bergamot. Mm -hmm. Classic. Yeah. Uh, working man's, cedar wood and juniper. Mm -hmm. That sounds like something for me. Uh, timber, <laughs> Douglas fir and sage. Sure. For the outdoorsman. And uh, a classic, unscented. You've got to have an unscented option. If you just want to go with your own smell. That's right. Maybe yeah. you have a nice enchanting musk on your own. You don't want to hinder that. No. But you also don't want to perspire. No. Perfect for you. You can get those right now at North Coast Organics website. They're even selling a bundle with all the, uh, I don't want to say flavors, but scents. <laughs> oh, they're flavors because they are edible. And again, do you really want to be eating your underarm stuff? Like I figured that there's a lot of things are edible. There's things that I don't need to be edible. I don't need my candles to be edible. I don't need my deodorant to be edible. I'd rather just use that as, let's say, candles or deodorant. But I think it's nice to know that if it comes down to it, you've got the option. If you're starving to death. Yes. If it's post-apocalyptic. Lucky for me, I have these edible candles and sticks of deodorant. Yeah. Everyone else yeah. killing each other on the streets sure. for a ham sandwich. Uh -huh. You're at your house, feet up snacking on the deodorant and smelling good and that's right your mouth smells delicious <laughs> your body smells delicious your stomach also smells delicious and you know maybe that translates to uh other parts of your body as sure. well once it gets into the stomach line A day or so later know. yeah maybe that is the classic rock files 94.3 the drive music director mike young thank you thank you